And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. He's Max Olson. Max, uh, back for another week. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. Uh, not going so hot in the SEC. Uh, just saw Ohio State got their game canceled too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's been a week. It's been eventful yeah. yet again. Um, but uh, hey, this is this is this is part of it. Mm-hmm. And we probably knew this was going to happen eventually. Now, as we sit here at one forty Central Time on Wednesday, the Big Twelve is still good. There are still two games. TCU West Virginia, Baylor Texas Tech, and they're still on as of right now. We don't know if that'll change. It'll probably change the second we get done recording this. Yeah, maybe we have don't maybe we don't have very good sources and they're in the process of doing that. Hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. So, um, well, we you know since there are only two games this week, Max, we're we're gonna recap what happened last week a little bit. We're gonna get into the to the games that we do have, but we thought it'd be a fun uh, exercise to do some Big Twelve midseason awards and do a lot of them and. A lot of kind of crazy ones. I, I I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I you know is it the mid season of the Big Twelve season? Kind of not really. Uh, eh. But with six teams not playing this week, it does feel like kind of a uh, you know kind of an idle week for most folks. So let's uh, let's. I don't know when the mid season mark would have been, but let's just call it now. Yeah, there are no rules. We make up the rules here on One True Pod. This That's is, true. This is this is our kingdom. So um, <laughs> so. Uh, do you want to dive right into that, Max? Sure do. Yeah, let's are, do are, it. Are you ready to go? All right. I'm well ready. Let's let's go. I've got my picks. You got your picks? I, I do. I do. Um, I The offensive player of the year to me is super obvious. Um, I don't know if it's as obvious to you as it is to me, but I'll let you go first. All right. Yes. Yeah, so our first one is offensive player of the year. Um, I am going to go with this running back from Iowa State. Don't know if you've heard about him. Brees Hall. First thousand yard rusher in college football this year. Uh, statistically, the best running back in the country since he became Iowa State's lead back last year. Like he's putting up just as good of numbers as Travis Etienne and all these other dudes. So, mm-hmm. hundred yards in every game this year. I think he's. Uh, I think he's been the best offensive player in the Big Twelve. Usually, this is an award that goes to quarterbacks in this league, but nah, I think it's got to be Brees Hall. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, no, no question about it. It's got to be Brees Hall. He's been unbelievable this year. Um, I, I had a chance to see him in person uh, when, when Iowa State beat Oklahoma. He is every bit as impressive as as I remembered him being last year. He's just a an extremely impressive guy who deserves Heisman votes. <clears throat> Max, he deserves some, uh, yeah. some some Heisman straw poll votes. You know, he he is getting more and more Heisman votes in our straw poll. Um, he, what is he up to? Like sixth this week? Yeah, he's I, making I, a move. I, but, I, but I want it known for the record that I was first. Okay. He's cl- he's starting to collect some followers, and yes, you were you were driving the bandwagon on the Heisman voting. I've yeah, I I have no excuse, you know. Yeah, 
Um, all right, let's let's go to defensive player. This one's a little harder. Um, I found it to be a little harder, Max. Um, what what did you what did you go with for defensive player? Yeah, I, there's a lot of guys that I would want to shout out. Um, I I think today I would maybe say it's Joseph Osai from Texas. Um, that was my pick too. Yeah, he's he's second in the nation in TFLs. And I know the Oklahoma State game had a lot to do with that, but you know he's he's emerged as a first rounder kind of talent really over the last month. Um, second in the Big Twelve in pressures, um, most forced fumbles in the country, so or in the in the Big Twelve, one of the two. Um, you know, th- there's a bunch of other guys I'd want to shout out. Definitely Terrell Bernard is a guy I'd want to shout out. I, I hate that his season is over, and that that Baylor lost him and their mm-hmm. uh, their lost Iowa State this last weekend. He's been phenomenal, um, and I and I, I hate that they're losing him. He's he's one guy that would be in contention for me too. But I think today I would say Osai. Do you, does that make sense, or who yeah. who else came to mind for you? Uh, Jaquan Bailey came to mind for me. I think uh, yeah. I, I've been really impressed with him. Um, Nick Benito at Oklahoma is somebody that I would not have expected. That's the dude who is that. leading the Big Twelve in yeah. pressures right now. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy. He's not a guy I would have at the beginning of the year put in this category, but. Um, you know, I was even uh, messaging with our NFL draft analyst, Dane Brugler, about something else, and he brought up Nick Benito as someone he's starting to hear a lot about. So I think um, yeah. I, I think that he deserves consideration. He has, for the last about three weeks, he's pretty much been unblockable. And uh, by the end of the year, we may look up and, and say that it's Nick Benito. But for now, I'm, right. I'm good going with Joseph Asai. Yeah, and and just what he's become as a pass rusher, I think is really impressive. But Benito's a good, that's a good one um, to bring up there because um, I think that's you're starting to see maybe a little a bit of an example there of you know, look, Alex Grinch has now had a bunch of games with these guys. I think I think he has a lot better sense of how to deploy them and and the skills that they can bring to the table on defense. And I think uh, between the way that D line is playing and the way he's playing, I think that they're starting to figure some things out. Yeah, I mean, if he'd been playing all year, I think Ronnie Perkins would have been in this conversation too because he's been unbelievable. Yeah, in his two weeks back. Although it also has been against Texas Tech and Kansas, but sure, sure. Um, but yeah, all right. So let's let's move to Coach of the Year, uh, Max. I'll, I'll go first this time. I, I I went with Chris Kleiman, and it's okay. because I they're not the most talented team. The Arkansas state loss was ugly in week one, no doubt about it, but the way they bounce back from that, the way they bounce back, I think from the West Virginia game uh, to, to play Oklahoma state really closely. Um, they, they've got a freshman quarterback who's going to make mistakes, but um, I'm, I continue to be incredibly impressed with Chris Kleiman. Um, and when you look around the rest of the league, uh, you know, I'm sure there are some other options and may, maybe you had someone else in mind, but I, I, uh, I, I like Chris Kleiman for this. Yeah, I think that um, there's a pretty strong argument to be made there that in terms of like out coaching other people, like K State's maybe doing the best job in the Big Twelve. You know, in terms of taking what they've had to lose Skylar Thompson the way they have, but to not totally fall off. Now they've got tougher games ahead here. Um, but even the fight they put up against Oklahoma State this last weekend, I think, showed you that they're not going away. Like they're they're um, they're, they may be an underdog in a bunch of games ahead here, but they're, they're still going to be a problem. So I think that's a good pick. I, I went with Matt Campbell. I, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, the standings will end up kind of deciding this one a little bit in terms of the end of the season award. Um, I think five and one with le- in league play with, with only the lost at Oklahoma state. I mean, I think that Iowa state just kind of finally playing with real consistency week to week and not just being that team that pulls a couple upsets in October. Um, and the way they bounce back from losing losing to Louisiana, 
I mean, it's funny, Campbell and Clement both had to figure out a way to do that. Um, and, and I think both have done an awesome job of taking that one really bad moment at the start of the year and, and getting things right and getting them fixed. Um, I'd say Campbell right now, but Clyman would be the other one for me too. I think he's done a hell of a job. Yeah, and, and you know, by the end of the year, we may think about this completely differently. I mean, if, if Oklahoma wins out and wins the league, you could certainly make the case for Lincoln Riley. Mike Gundy deserves consideration if they end up winning the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of uh, of options there. But but for now, Kleiman and Campbell, to me, seem like the pretty I, clear I so. two top, for top sure. guys. All right, why don't we go to the next one? Uh, staying on the coaching track here, coordinator of the year. What do you think? I think Jim Knowles at Oklahoma State. And, and um, that defense has been really good, even in the Texas game. They were put in terrible positions by their offense, and they still played really well against Sam Ellinger. So um, Jim Knowles was the first name that came to mind. And to be honest, I didn't really think beyond that because to me it was it seemed pretty pretty clear in my mind. Um, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I, I, I would go with Jim Knowles right now as well. Um, it's still the, the best third, uh, third down defense in the country, getting stops on 77% of third downs, which is just insane, especially That's, in this league. Yeah. Top 10 in yards per play. Um, you take out the Texas game and they're giving up 13 points a game this year, you know? So I like, you knew that they would be good with all the dudes they had back and the, just the experience. But um, I, I still think they've exceeded my expectations. I, I think the honorable mention would be kind of like the group effort that West Virginia's staff has done on defense. Um, right. They, they've, they've been, that's been so impressive and it's easy to forget as we mentioned as Holly mentioned last week on the podcast, um, you know, to make a, a DC change in August and still still feel the defense is, that's this good, I think is uh, a testament to just how close knit those guys are and, and that they were able to all kind of band together and get it right. So that'd be, you know, there's not one name there, I suppose, but um, I think Knowles for now. Yeah, t- totally. Um, uh, Max, we. We've got a bunch of these to get through, and, and we're going to get into some uh, some weird ones maybe down near the bottom. But but Beautiful. next up is pretty standard offensive and defensive freshmen. We'll start with offensive. Um, I imagine this is, a, you, this is a pretty good debate, I think, for offensive freshmen. Oh, I do too. Are we thinking of the same two people? Uh, I wrote down four people for this. Okay, I I, wrote, I think there's okay. some options. Okay, I I wrote down Deuce Vaughn, who is my winner, because okay. you know how I feel about Deuce Vaughn. Um, but Marvin Mims is right up there too at Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think uh, we all know I've got nothing but love for Deuce Vaughn. Um, I think that it depends on like how you, if, do you want to put Rattler in this category or not? Um, we can, I guess, but like, I, I don't know. Sometimes with freshmen, I like to stick with, True well, we're going to – okay, we'll, we'll we'll get to Rattler in a little bit here. Yeah. I, so, for me, the three guys would be Deuce Vaughn, Marvin Mims, and then um, Quentin Johnson from TCU's made some big plays. I think he's going to be a hell of a player for them at receiver. Um, I would still say Deuce Vaughn for now, but Marvin Mims, um, that – like, and you saw it in, in like, uh, again, Red River, for example. Like, that's just a dude who's, who's ready to make big plays in big games, you know? Yeah. He is, and he's there. There was this weird thing for the first through the Texas game where Mims was having monster first halves and then disappearing after halftime, mm-hmm. and that has shifted. He he's starting to make plays in the second half now. Um, although the last two weeks have been blowouts, so um, not so much there. But against TCU, he caught a touchdown in the second half, so um, he's continuing to. 
to evolve. Now it will be interesting. Oh, you got Jaden Hazelwood back um, yeah. last week. Be interesting to see how he Theo fits East in. is getting more involved. It seems like yeah. Um, but I'll Mims tell you what, been... though, Marvin Mims. I mean, that's an, that's another example of this coaching staff. Like, it's just kind of unfair what they do when it comes to recruiting receivers. Like, nobody was in on Marquise Brown when they found him. Marvin Mims was committed to Stanford, like, and they were able to flip him after he had a monster senior year. That's a staff that already has an embarrassment of riches and all these five stars in their receiver room, but. Um, just the eye for talent that, that Simmons and Riley have on, uh, in that group is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, defensive freshman, uh, Max, I'm very interested to hear where you, where you went with this. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't have, you know, Jason, we don't have the, uh, the old like PFF subscription or anything. So I, I don't know how everybody's graded out. I would say the two guys that stand out to me would be, uh, Akeem Mesador from West Virginia and then uh, Kari Coleman from TCU. Those have just been two defensive linemen who I think have um, really flashed, have really made a really quick impact um, for for their defenses. So those would be uh, those would be I'd, I'd kind of I think those would be my I'd split the title between those two. Who do you think? I, I wrote down Akeem Mesador. That's that's who I wrote down too. I mean, I think he's flashed, and um, it, it just doesn't. You look around the league; it feels like the offensive, the freshmen that are making the biggest impact seem to be on the offensive side, which shouldn't be super surprising no. in the Big 12. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Akeem Mesador is who I wrote down. I, I think that he's going to – I mean, that, that West Virginia defense is good, and I think based on the way he's played and some other freshmen, I mean, I think they're going to end up continuing to get a lot better. Yeah, I, so. I, I think you're right about that. Next one here. So best – you could call it best transfer or you could call it best newcomer. I, I guess I'd call it best newcomer here. Who you got? Uh, I wrote down Perry and Winfrey, the OU nose guard, mm-hmm. um, because he is such a difference maker um, in the middle of that line. And really, since Gerald McCoy, I don't know that there's been that level of difference maker uh, at, at the nose guard spot for OU. And you can just tell they, they've had good defensive ends and they've had decent nose guards. Neville Gallimore was good but maybe not great. They had uh, Jordan Phillips was pretty good. I mean, they've had good players, but Perry and Winfrey is just different. I mean, he's just different. And so um, to me, that's what I went with was Perry and Winfrey. Yeah. I I like that pick. Uh, There's, there's a couple guys here, Perry and Winfrey for sure. Um, I think Briley Moore at K-State has been a really nice addition for them. Okay, we, we need to actually settle something, uh, Max, because he, that is who I wrote down for best waiver wire. Okay, pickup, so we'll get to we'll, we'll get to okay. we'll get to what I meant by that. In okay, a second all right. Here. Okay, okay. Okay, so Briley Moore, the transfer from you and I, I think he's been a really awesome addition to fill out, you know, can complete their offense, make it easier for their quarterbacks. Um, and, and, and then the other guy would be, you know, the guy that I thought would be the newcomer of the year in the Big 12 was Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. And I think we, he's he's now sixth in the Big 12 in receiving. Um, he has been the kind of impact guy that, that you thought they would be for their receiving core. So I think he's been picking it up more and more. Um, and uh, I, I, so I think that's been I, – I would probably agree Winfrey's maybe the most impactful guy, but, but definitely wanted to mention Hutchinson and more. So my next one here, I said I, I asked you. This is a little bit different. It's a nuanced question here. Okay, All right. who's been the best waiver wire pickup? And I asked this because there was a bunch of players that joined Big Twelve teams in August. Okay, because okay. they're okay. because things got shut down. Yeah. Now you can say Briley Moore. That is a hell of a waiver wire pickup. A deep sleeper from the FCS level that K State grabbed. But what I was talking with when I say the category of best waiver wire pickup. 
to me, it's Tony Fields at West Virginia. I mean, the Arizona transfer now leads the Big 12 in tackles. He's been a stud instantly for them. Um, yeah. Everybody in the Big 12 should have gone after Tony Fields in August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good pick. And I think I misunderstood the question, maybe. I, I was trying to figure out the difference between – Because sure. Max, Max uh, to his credit – came up with most of these categories and I uh, did not ask for clarification as I should have. So I, I will agree with you. Uh, we can, we can give it to him. We can unanimously <laughs> give it to him. That was okay. Now that I understand it a little bit better, a little but, bit of it, you know, you had Tony Fields, you had Jake Burton and Baylor, you had the schooler brothers, right, you had some guys that yeah. sort of popped up on the radar at the last minute here. So, okay, well, that was a good question and I apologize for butchering. It's it. okay. I didn't even explain it to you before the pot. That's, that's my bad. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. (laughs) <laughs> All right, next one here, and I think this is, I think this is a fun conversation. Yes, best quarterback in the Big Twelve right now. I, um, at the risk of sounding homerish because oh, I cover you, I, I, I think that it's Spencer Rattler. Um, now, really, ever since the Explain Texas yourself. game, ever since he got benched, he's been really good. He did have one not great interception against Kansas the other day, but I just think in term by the end of the year, I think we may look up and he's putting up um, he, and he would just have been putting up unbelievable numbers. And um, I don't well, know. I wouldn't call I, them I unbelievable numbers. The, it's pretty believable for Oklahoma quarterbacks. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. But, but I the mean, standard's pretty the, high. His, his throwing motion, his uh, the, 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 the way he makes it look so easy I think he's the most talented quarterback across the league, and I think that at this stage I would put him at the top. But I'm in, I'm very interested to have this uh, this conversation because uh, that's who I went with. Who did you go with? Yeah, I you know I definitely going into the season I really thought it would it was possible that Brock Purdy would be the answer, um, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really totally gotten to the level you sort of expected. Not that he's played badly. Um, and they're certainly still right in contention where they want to be. I think it's I think it's kind of an Ellinger versus Rattler debate. I do. And and first of all, they've had a pretty awesome head to head in the Cotton Bowl. Sloppy at times, obviously for both, uh, but also some incredibly uh, clutch plays. Um, Sam Ellinger is now at 29 total touchdowns, which is most among all Power Five players. Second only to Zach Wilson at BYU, which is why I keep giving Zach Wilson Heisman votes. I'm sorry, Brees Hall. Um, <laughs> You know, Sam Ellinger's accounted for more yards than Rattler. He's run the ball 90 times more than any other Power 5 quarterback. Rattler's been more efficient. He has a much better completion percentage. That, that's been a little weird on Ellinger this year. Um, Rattler's obviously turned it over a couple more times. I, I would say when you compare these, Jason, and you've, you've watched Oklahoma a lot, obviously. You've watched Texas a little. 
I mean, probably fairly similar in terms of surrounding talent. Yeah, but but I think Rattler... At least with this year's team? I, I, I would say so. Sam has. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think about the, 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 the OU game. You think so? It felt like Ellinger was the one loading that team on his back and, and carrying them to, to the victory. Whereas Rattler maybe had, you know... I think probably especially now that Ramondre Stevenson is back and uh, Jaden Hazelwood's back, the the receivers. I I don't know. I I, I think that I may be talking myself into Sam Ellinger as we sit here. And, <laughs> well, I you know like I, I would say maybe Rattler has a slightly better receiving core or at least a more consistent group. Like Rattler also probably just overall gets better play calling, you know, in his favor. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Rattler won the head to head and he's a freshman going against a senior and Sam has been. Good, but the past couple of weeks not not as good as usual in, in in trying to play through some injuries, whatever those are, we're not totally sure. If I I'm okay with you arguing Rattler right now, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Uh, but I do think it's going to be close here down the stretch. Yeah, I I I, uh, I agree. I and we still are in a very real situation where we could end up with those two playing again at the end of the year. So. Yeah, I didn't really totally think that'd be the case after watching Red River, but it is possible they're both kind of gearing up for a run here with obviously some, you know, league defining, you know, conference defining um, head to heads here coming up with Bedlam and um, with Texas having to play Iowa State. So, yeah, it's, I I think maybe Sam Ellinger is more valuable to his team. Um, But if you want to say Rattler's been like performing better, especially lately, like I think there's probably some, a lot of numbers to back that up. Yeah. All right, let's go to, to best game, and and for me, it's it's got to be the 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 OU Texas game. Um, just really, I, I just a, a multi overtime classic between those two teams. I don't know. To me, that puts it up top. I uh, now I've got Texas Texas Tech at a different category, <laughs> a couple away. Yeah. I've got Texas TCU in another category uh, that's one away. Um, so. I don't know. I, I do you disagree that OU? Te- I mean, well, I so you you went to both of these games that I was considering. I I wrote down Oklahoma Iowa State. Okay, that was pretty good. But you tell me. You I mean you you were there. They were both incredible atmospheres. The the energy on both of them, I'm sure, was wild. What what to you like from from now? Of course, the Texas Oklahoma game has the the benefit of going much longer than four quarters. But uh, what was just the the more fun game to be at? Uh, I I think for me it was the it was the Texas Oklahoma game Oklahoma okay. Texas game because it went into overtime because it was so exciting at the end um, because and and because it was OU Texas and I know there are probably some people listening that would be annoyed by that but it's just the truth that game is so much fun. It's so unique, even in a pandemic where there's fewer fans there. Um, I, I I don't know, and and yeah, at the and time, you know, and those... and you think back on it, like the stakes that week were yeah, just that, crazy. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is both those teams needed that game so bad? Yes, in that moment. Yeah. and so that's why I went with that. Okay, that's fair. I I jotted down Oklahoma Iowa State, but I'll defer to your having been at both of them and me just being a. You know, lonely loser sitting on my couch here this season. Oh no, 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 Max, not that's that's not fair but at all to yourself. S- similar, okay, similar category here. Okay, yes. best finish. Okay, yes. and I and, I and the reason I put this is because 
Um, you know, there have been 14 games in conference play so far that have been decided by eight points or less and four games that have gone to overtime. So what is the best finish in your mind? I wrote down TCU Texas because of just the uh, the fumble on the way in to the end zone, um, which I know that Texas fans, but probably is very triggering to hear that's the best finish. Um, and, and by the way, again, we're going to have another category next where I'm going to account for Texas T- Texas Tech and Texas. Okay. Um, right. That 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 was the one that popped into my mind was was TCU Texas. Yeah, I. I, I was going to say I thought Red River was the best finish just because yeah like you go look at you go think back to like when that overtime started they played for like 50 more minutes you know yeah. and like the the missed field goals the just the I mean it was just nuts just nuts all everything that went on um all the all the key decisions there I think Texas Oklahoma State had a lot of late action too that was that had some fun stuff at the end of the fourth and in overtime um but I I would say Red River and let, we'll, we'll go to the next category here because it's it's similar. So what was the weirdest game or or if you prefer the weirdest ending to a game this se- this season in the Big 12? See, this one was extremely easy. This is where I put Texas, Texas Tech because yeah. Um, yeah. I think OU was playing Kansas State that day, right? That was the day of the Kansas State game because I was when I left the press yeah. box in Norman – Texas Tech had a huge lead, and I just was like, eh, okay, I guess. Tech, OU and Texas are going to lose on the same day. And by the time I got home, the game was totally had totally shifted, and I didn't even get to see live what happened. Um, so, to me, that's the craziest one. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's the, the way that that flipped on Texas Tech at the very end there uh, was absolutely nuts. I, I would add, because we, I feel like we have to find some way to mention this, like I would say the best underdog win of the season was Kansas State over Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And so that in terms of best finishes, I feel like that's right up there in terms of the way K-State played that second half. Um was definitely one of the more impressive performances of the year. No no doubt about it. And and that should be mentioned. Uh, absolutely. Um okay, next we're going to go most improved team um and I'll let you start. Um so I I looked this up out of curiosity. So you look at the S&P Plus rankings that Bill Connolly does for ESPN compared 2019 to 2020. There's only three Big 12 teams that have a better S&P Plus ranking than they did a year ago, and that's Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. And the rest are a little or a lot worse. So (laughs) I will say West Virginia, which went from 98th in in S&P Plus to 37th right now. Um that has to put them among the most improved teams in all college football. And I'm not saying they're going to go, um, you know, win a ton of games this year, but I think the competitiveness and um, the, just the improvement on both sides of the ball, they're not where they want to be, but I, and, and, and the Texas game is one of those tough, tough, close calls there um, where if they get the PI in the end zone, they could have won that game. But I, I think it's West Virginia. What do you what, based on all the teams you've had a chance to see? What do you think? Well, I was going to say West Virginia too, and I haven't seen them yet uh, in person. Yeah, I, I won't until Thanksgiving weekend. But um, but no, I, I think it's West Virginia. I I think Neil Brown is such an impressive coach, and um, I love what they're doing on defense. They they you know whipped Kansas State in a way I did not expect. I think the only people who expected yeah. that, I guess, were Vegas odds makers because they. They had West Virginia as a favorite. They had, they had a beat on K State for yeah. sure. Um, 
So I I, I I think I like West Virginia, and I, and I, I'm still very surprised that they lost to Texas Tech. That that is still a game that can that baffles me a little bit. Yeah, that's probably this. There's not a category for this, but in terms of like the weirdest result, that's that's got to be up there. I yeah, would think. Yeah, because I mean, you know, one week later, OU beats Texas Tech by forty or or whatever, and then yep. and in the same week, West Virginia beats Kansas State. So it's just like, what what the heck happened down in Lubbock that night? I don't- right, right. Um, next next category here, similar kind of topic. Most unpredictable team in the Big Twelve. I say TCU. Yeah. Um, because TCU was the was, you know, after they they lose to Iowa State, but um, with the way they finished that game, I thought okay. And then they beat Texas, and I thought okay, TCU is legit. Uh, loyal listeners will remember that like three weeks ago, I had them in the goddamn Big Twelve championship game. So, <laughs> so I would say TCU. Who's, who's keeping score? Who's keeping track? That's fine. So I say yeah. TCU. Yeah, I'd say it's TCU for me. I I just as, as I sort of feared in the summer, I don't I just don't know what to do with them week to week. Um they're 3 and 3 now. They could go 5 and 4, they could go 6 and 3, they could go 4 and 5. I I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so that 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 seems like a pretty good one. Um next up we had most surprising development or or the thing we were the most wrong about and uh I I'm interested to hear what I got some stuff I was wrong about. Let's start with you. What were you wrong about this year so far? I thought that after week one, I thought Kansas State and Iowa State were going to be trash. Honestly. They're toast. Yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, the fact that they turn right around and start winning really good, tough games, they both beat Oklahoma, um, a a team that now looks, is starting to look more like what we're used to seeing. But the fact that they beat them, um, I'd say there's the. The success of Iowa State and Kansas State post week one was my answer. I, I'm very interested to hear what yours is. That's a good one. Um, I think if you had told me at the start of the year that only one Big Twelve team would get games postponed, mm. I'd be surprised by that. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it's only been Baylor so far. Um, I picked Baylor to finish fifth in the Big Twelve and West Virginia to finish ninth. I was just flat out wrong about that. Um, <laughs> And if I could redo my Big Twelve like rankings, I, some of it I stand by, but that I would I would basically flip. I think at this point, um, or pretty close. Um, Alan Bowman getting benched at Texas Tech. That's just like I didn't I didn't really didn't see that coming. See that coming. No, um, no offense to Henry Columbia or anything. I just you know I, I was pretty pretty much uh, fired up and on the on the bandwagon here with Alan Bowman's comeback here. And then Max Duggan coming right back from freaking heart surgery after a month. That's a good one, too. Um, didn't see that coming. Definitely uh, when the word kind of got out during camp that he was, you know, he was out indefinitely. I'm like, he's not coming back this year. So, uh, and that definitely made me sort of drop TCU down in my expectations this year. So, him, his, you know, we talked about it with Holly Rowe last week, but him coming back in four weeks is just nuts. And kudos to that dude. And once again, against this week against Texas Tech, um, he was he was spectacular at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Max, where, where are we at next? We're over oh, at best punt, which is the best most punt. obvious thing ever. I mean, come on, we just we had to do it just because we we just want to talk about it you because know? it's the only time I've been this like just fired up about a punt. Ever. Austin McNamara, Austin punt, punter of the year, and you know, no no offense to him, but I have to say that one week later I was in Lubbock. And the first time Texas Tech came out to punt, I was like, hell yeah. Like, I, And it was just a very normal punt. And I was like, ah, 
you know, kind of wish I'd been there last week. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was that was kind of like it was fun to cover Texas when they had Michael Dixon because his last year there, it was like every every punt you had to watch it to see where what he was about to do with it. That's still the same now that he was with the Seahawks. Austin McNamara is still pretty young guy. He's still going to get better. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to create a category to talk about the Texas Tech punter and his his eighty seven yard punt against West Virginia that. Really, when you watched it, it, it bounced more than 110 yards. So I mean, I mean, that's he's he's the best part of the Big 12 this year, and uh, we just got nothing but respect for Austin McNamara on this podcast. We need to get him as a guest on this podcast. I'm just yeah. saying, whatever he wants to talk about, we're we're down to talk about it. Yeah, anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, now we're getting into some uh, some goofy ones here Good. because you know that's that's just that's just what we're gonna do. Uh, I put this one in here. You you have a couple categories coming up that I know you want to rant on. Um, this next category: best Kansas performance of the season. Um, <laughs> so I was looking through the, the their schedule, and yep. I, I guess I'm gonna go with the season opening. 38 to 23 loss to Coastal because it turns out Coastal is really good. The Chanticleers, 7-0, and number 15. Yeah, so I think I have to go with their season opening loss to Coastal Carolina. Um, I know that, you know, the the what the West Virginia game was, was that the one where um, where it was just sort of a, a backdoor cover there at the end for, for Puka Williams? Um, I believe so. Where he yes. had the, the, was it the kick return at the end? and it He had the kick return at the very end, yeah. It, so it gave me a victory, I think, right? I think it. I think it did. Yeah. yeah, that was very frustrating. So maybe I should have um, picked so, that. So according to like ESPN, FPI, and all that, like they give a game score to every game, um, and from a scale of one to a hundred, and Kansas has only had one game this year exceeded that it exceeded a thirty, and uh, and that was the West Virginia game, which is a forty-two out of a hundred, um, and even though that was a thirty-seven to seventeen loss, they did take a 10-0 lead. 
you know? There you go. And got shut out the rest of the game until Puka took that kickback. But that 10-0 lead for Kansas was a pretty pretty good highlight, I would say, overall for their Big 12 run so far. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a very fair uh, very fair choice as well, uh, What the, the West Virginia right. game. S- similar topic here. Next yes. category. Best loss to a Sunbelt team. Who had the best Sunbelt loss this year? Well, um, I guess uh, either Kansas against Coastal Carolina or uh, Iowa State to uh, Louisiana Lafayette. I will never call them Louisiana because that's not what they are. Louisiana Lafayette. These are both top 25 teams. These were were legitimate opponents that these Big 12 teams played in non-conference play. Yeah, but I, I will not choose Kansas State, Arkansas State. Despite my um, affinity for both Kansas State and Arkansas State, I like True. both of those programs. I like both of those coaches, um, but that has not aged well for the Wildcats. Not so hot. Yeah, um, I'm going to say Kansas has lost to the Chanticleers. Looks really good right now. I mean, I mean, it looks okay. It looks okay. They were awful in that game, but um, there's only one other team they've played all year that scored more than 23 on them. So, I mean, yeah. could could have been worse yeah. if you're Kansas. Yeah, the Louisiana game's kind of close. Louisiana six and one now, but maybe that's not such a bad loss for Iowa State. But they're called Louisiana no, we, Lafayette. Man. If you stayed up, if you stayed up late that night and you watched Kansas play Coastal Carolina, <laughs> you got a you got a real good glimpse at a top fifteen team. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. I hope they keep it going. It's been really fun. It's been really fun. <laughs> I do too. Um, okay, what do we got next? I I put down this one. I put down best alternate uniforms. Um, yeah. And I just wanted a, an opportunity, I think, to talk about. I loved Iowa State's blacks. I had never seen those in person before. The all black uniforms. Yeah. And I, but I, but I also have to say that I am generally speaking very anti-black uniforms. If black is not one of your colors, I find yep. it annoying. But I thought those were really cool. Um, I thought. Yeah. They, when they, they go, when they go uh, all black in a night game, that's a pretty cool, cool move. Yeah. And, and, uh, and didn't they, I, I believe those were, those, they broke them out that night. They had the Jack Trice, I think patch on them. And so there was like some added meaning to it. So it was really yeah. cool that I, I, yeah. I really was, uh, was interested in those. I don't know if you have an opinion on this subject. I just, yeah, I think you're, I think that's right. I, the other two I would mention would be, I, I really liked the, I kind of like the trend of people wearing like the throwbacky, um, modern throwback take kind of uniform. So uh, Oklahoma state wearing the, the 87 throwback against West Virginia. I thought the Texas tech red throwback against Texas. Wasn't that bad. And Texas wearing the throwback whites at home. I thought was a pretty good, pretty good, you know, simple, but a pretty good look overall, but I'm good with, I'm good with Iowa state's all black uniform. That's a, it's a strong kit, my friend. Yeah. They're, they're very cool. And, uh, Okay, so all right, these last two, you 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 wrote these last two down. It seems like you just want to go, <laughs> have, knock some rants out here real quick. So I'll well, I'll clear the lane, um, uh, and let you go ISO here. Uh, all right, fine. Well, worst clock management by officials. The award goes to the officials in the OU Texas game, who uh-huh. awarded Texas inadvertently thirty six, I believe, additional seconds for no reason, for no mm-hmm. reason, and there was really never a great explanation given for for why that no. happened. 
Um, no. Even the statement acknowledging that they did it didn't really explain how it happened or how they came up with the number that they put on the clock. So, which is really troubling because it doesn't give you, Jason Kersey, any closure. You know, you need closure on this, and clearly you haven't found it. I mean, but it's absurd, right? How do you just add forty or so seconds onto a game, especially a close game? I've yeah. never seen that anything like that before. Yeah, that was an oops. It was, it sure. was literally yeah. it was it was like the fifth down Colorado Missouri game. It was it was on that level, and it's a good thing it didn't cost OU the game because imagine if, yeah if it if it had been like if it had been like slightly more impactful in the result like everybody would have talked about it, but instead it was it, it was, was really me. just you. It was just me. yeah <laughs> <laughs> me and people on Twitter. Those are the two people who talked right. about it. Right, um, and you asked Lincoln Riley about it, and he hated it too, and that was that was about it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to bring uh, more people need to remember this though. To, yeah, to this outrageous thing. Outrageous. All right, n- another outrageous thing. Uh, apparently, <laughs> you, you want to talk about worst recruiting pitch of the season. Uh, explain to me what you what, what you're going for here. Yeah. So there was a video posted by uh, an Oklahoma State assistant coach. I'm not out here trying to uh, embarrass anyone, but. Um, by an Oklahoma State assistant coach. I'm almost hesitant to even say who it was that that tweeted okay. it uh, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but it was a video that OSU had put together, Oklahoma State had put together, call, and they they were using like the hashtag Stilly Eats, which, by the way, just as, a, just as an Oklahoman, I can't stand when people call Stillwater Stilly. It just... Okay. okay. The, the same reason people in Norman like to say that they're straight out of Nompton, I hate that too. I think Whoa. it's out, say that? It's, yeah, and it's ridiculous. Oh, that's terrible. So those two things sort of trigger me in that way, but Stilly Eats video that was tweeted was basically Eskimo Joe's and then a bunch of chains. Like it was Eskimo Joe's, which is great. I love Eskimo Joe's. I go there every time I'm in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. But it was I like I've never been there. Isn't that weird? I've covered the Big Twelve this long and I've never been to Eskimo that's, Joe's. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of shocked to hear And it's that. not, and I, you know me, I don't eat healthy, so it's not like I'm avoiding cheese fries or anything I like know, that. I know, I don't really understand what you're doing here, but um, right. it was basically Eskimo Joe's, and then it was like Cane's, and I mean, it was just a bunch of stuff that is everywhere, and I just thought, how can that possibly be your recruiting pitch? So... I don't know. I maybe it triggered me more than it triggered other people. I just uh, Stillwater surely has other good restaurants that are local. Okay, Jason, I've just uh, I've just paused to to watch this video, and to recap, there's a thir- 13 seconds of how uh, cheese fries are made at Eskimo Joe's, and then there's a, a montage <laughs> of uh, of high quality fast food establishments in Stillwater that includes Whataburger. Raising Cane's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Mazio's, Five Guys, Pizza Hut, Texas Roadhouse, Freddy's, Arby's, Chick-fil-A, and Rib Crib. None of which are local Stillwater establishments. Literally none of them. <laughs> I, I just remember we that. We do have video. almost all of those where I live. Like, who is that pitch working on? That's what I want to know. What recruit is seeing that and be like, you know what? I really do love Whataburger, and I certainly can't get that anywhere in Texas. So I guess I'm going to go to Oklahoma State. I, I don't understand the pitch there at all. Um, this reminds me of a classic moment during the Art Browse era at Baylor where someone took a, a photo of, they'd put up a poster board like on a recruiting visit, and it said, coming soon to Waco, uh, Papa Do's, Papacitos, 
Omni Hotels, In-N-Out Burger, Whole Foods, Potbelly, and some place called Uncle Mario's. And and none of it was true, but it was it was a good it was it sounded good. It sounded like a good thing to tell recruits, you yeah. know. I mean, that's that all of that is more I would think would be more attractive. That's not not that that's great, but that'd be more attractive than Mazio's. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Which so is that's, fine. We used to it's go a there. Fine, for it's a fine call out. If any any f- fine folks in Stillwater are listening and want to tell us what the real um, hashtag Stilly Eats are that we need to know about, I, I'd love to. I'd love to hear it. Okay, so now now that I've gotten that off, please bombard chest. Jason with hashtag Stilly Eats uh, at, at your at your convenience here. <laughs> Just no, I don't want the word stilly in my mentions at all. Um, Fair because enough. it's so ridiculous. Um, um, <laughs> all right, that's all we got for categories. Anybody uh, who, who listened who thinks we're, we're idiots who've totally forgot to mention something um, or have a, your own favorite moment or favorite weird thing that happened in the Big 12 this year so far, tweet, tweet at us. We'd love to hear about it. Um, I'm sure we overlooked something, but uh, you know, wanted to have it's, 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 look, we've made it this far, Jason. Who knows how much further this college football season is going to go? Let's just celebrate what we've been able to enjoy so far, you know. And who knows how long before the athletic doesn't let us have a podcast anymore? So let's just have fun, right? Yeah, you got to you got to yellow this thing. All right, let's move on to the picks for this week. Yes, let's do it. Um, Jason, how are you doing in picks right now? I continue to lose ground, but slowly. I was two and three last week. You were three and two, so I'm, you know, I'm still. I'm five games back. You're hanging in there. Five games. I have 18 wins and you have 13 wins. Yeah. Five games back with half the season to go. I feel reasonably confident that I can catch up. So let's, let's get that started. Although this doesn't, this week doesn't give me a lot of opportunities. So I'm going to let you go first. TCU, West Virginia, West Virginia is a three point favorite. I have no idea. You, you go first and talk me, let me talk me into what I'm supposed to do here. Okay. Give me, give me your breakdown. Okay. Um, well, I think that I'll go with West Virginia here. I feel like there are two teams. I, I, I still think West Virginia, as we mentioned earlier, is, is a, a much improving team. Um, and TCU is just so unpredictable. I I don't think I'd be yeah. surprised either way. I really don't think I'd be surprised yeah. either way. But I'm going to go with West Virginia because it's at home, and I think they are the better team right now. It's an interesting line. Uh, only three points for West Virginia at home, which means it, it you know, sort of a toss-up. Um, I, I think it's a coin flip game. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take West Virginia by three. Um, and uh, I, I don't have a good feel for this. I think there's been there are two teams where we've kind of like we've seen their best football, and their best football is really good, you know, or can be really good, and. They're just okay football. I think if, if one or both of them play it this week, then it's going to be a really close game to the end. And um, I, I think West Virginia being at home, I'll just I'll just give them the edge. But it's a, it's a total toss-up for me. All right. On the next one, you are going first so that you can't okay. take my pick and then make it impossible for me to catch up with you, which is what I'm afraid you just did. So I'm not going to let you do that a second time. Who's to say? Um, so <laughs> Baylor at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a one-and-a-half point favorite so max the floor is yours yeah these are the two most uh i think probably for these two fan bases it's been it's been disappointing lately um i'm gonna take i'm gonna take texas tech in the one and a half um i just you know 
is, is Baylor is there another win on the schedule here for Baylor? I mean, I'm, it's hard to say. Like they, I just losing Trell Bernard now, losing Squirrel Williams. Um, you know, it was a really good performance against Iowa State in a lot of ways last week. A game they could have won. Um, so I don't think Baylor's that bad. Now screw it. I'll, I'm going to talk myself into Baylor. Baylor plus one and a half. I, I'm going to go with Baylor. All right. Well, then I'll go with Texas Tech. See, I was going to go with. Baylor, when you were going with Texas Tech, I, sure. I got to catch up. I just have to you catch do. up. So I you can do. easily talk myself into Texas Tech uh, being a you know beating uh, beating Baylor at home. Okay. So, I, I, Baylor we're putting, is we're really putting season. our hearts on the line here with these picks this week. You know, well, this is look the high, most high stakes. Im- look, the most important thing right now to me is catching up with you. So yeah, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Max. Um, I I appreciate that. Well, this has been a fun show. Uh, Hopefully you guys had fun uh, listening to us, uh, you know, you know, go on and on about, about all these very, very subjective things. Um, The big 12 is always a fun conference. This has been a fun season and hopefully uh, the big 12 can continue for the most part, uh, avoiding some of these COVID problems that have uh, stricken the other conferences. The best, uh, the best ability is availability, you know? Yeah. Let's just hope we can keep making it through here. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe uh, now, now I do think we, it's going to be interesting this week with so many teams off. Are a bunch of these players going to get lax? Are they going to go to some parties? Are they going to go out? Like those are all things that will be very interesting to see how these six teams come back from their open date next week. You, you just hope that these, you know, if you're going to go out and, and enjoy the finest of Stilly Eats, like you just do takeout, you know, do drive through. <laughs> You know, don't, don't take a big group of people together to rib crib. You know, there's no need for that. You can just get that on Postmates probably. So probably so. so, so Yeah, probably so. That's our advice to everybody this week. (laughs) Just lay low. Well, Max, uh, it's good talking to you again, my friend, and and we will be back next week. Please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating and find all of our stories on The Athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up now for $1 a month by going to theathletic.com slash onetruepod. You don't just get the best college football coverage. You get all of our sports coverage. So please be sure to take advantage of that, and we will see you next week. Mm